What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of That's Bingo Sports Podcast. I'm here with my co-hosts, Kyle Eggers and Jacob Beach. I am Joe Hendry. Uh, thanks for being here. Boys, how are we doing today? Beach? I'm doing well. Diamondbacks play a big playoff game today against the Dodgers. Looking forward to that. Yes, sir. Um, so, yeah, doing well. Thank you. Kyle, how about yourself? Been better. The Rams hurt me. Arizona football hurt me, but we will overcome. Yes, yes, we will. Yes, we will. It was an exciting week for the fellas, for sure. Some ups, some downs. Uh, Kyle, I know Cooper Cup, he came back. Uh, Beach got to watch some Phoenix Suns basketball. Uh, yes, we will. Preseason, I, uh, maybe. I have a 27-point lead over Beach in our fantasy league right now. Don't need to thanks talk about that. to uh, Brees Hall's over 100-yard game against the Broncos. 177. 177 yards, in fact. So the boys are buzzing right now. Um, super hyped on that. Um, guys, last night I was looking at some DAC stats uh, just while I was Bingo. bored. Um, <laughs> and, like, I wanted to say some pro football reference lists DAC's nickname as The Fortress. What? What? Uh, his, his nickname is The Fortress. Nobody has ever called him that. That is the same thing as Kyle the Tank Eggers. So, like, it's okay. the same vein of of nickname that's, that's it's not a real thing it's people call me that thing. all the time no nobody calls you that oh it's nobody it's, calls okay. you that <laughs> um anyway the, yeah his nickname was the fortress he was he's i don't know where that came from he's for sure not a fortress at all maybe it's he's like terrible. the four f-o-u-r because he throws four picks per game mm, maybe and he's number four Ooh, look at that well maybe we have something real but i still don't i don't think it's real it's the four picks yeah (laughs) that was an observation that i wanted to make um anyway we got it we got a great show ahead ahead for y'all we're gonna talk about some mlb mlb playoffs um some interesting week five storylines we have uh some crazy stats for you some overreactions as well um i might i might try to start some beef with kyle as well so who knows let's go um, but before we dive in, I want to get this out of the way early. Uh, Beach, U of A, UFC, uh, UFC, USC. Um, <laughs> you almost called the upset, man. Uh, did not happen, obviously, with USC taking the game 43 to 41. You've had some time to process now. But talk to us. What, uh, what's going through your head? What happened? Uh, so after a few days, still super proud of the effort that we put through uh, in L.A. Uh, obviously I'm at the point now where moral victories are, they're still nice. Like it's still nice to go play a top 10 team on the road and, and compete that way and take them to triple overtime. But I'm at the point where I want wins. Um, this is year three of Jed fish. I think we need to start getting some wins and we should have won that game in LA. I think we outplayed USC and, um, truthfully, if it wasn't for Caleb Williams being just a stud, uh, I think we would have won that game handily, but Caleb Williams is just that dude. Um, overall, I feel really good about the direction the team's headed. They've looked very good in these last two games against two top 10 teams. Um, my only thing that I'm concerned about now is whether or not Jed Fish has the balls to keep starting Noah Fafita over Jaden Delora. If he does that, I think we're in good shape because Noah deserves it. I mean, he's played really well against the two toughest teams are going to play all year. I mean, I think he had five touchdowns in that game against USC, made countless big plays. Um, I think he's he's ready to take this team, and, and he's ready to lead them. Um, there's just a lot of question marks with Jaden Delora, and I think not only is the team ready for, for a new start, but I think the fan base is as well. So 
if Jed Fish has the balls to make that move, uh, I think the rest of the season will be be really exciting for us. Yeah. Can I be pessimistic? really impressed with? Uh, go for it. Yes, Beach. I agree. That game was awesome to watch. I think that what is a little bit deceiving is like yes, USC is the ninth best. Is it? Are they ranked ninth right now? I don't remember there. But yeah, they. I think they're, they're ten. They dropped to ten. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they're top ten school in the nation, but that's like maybe 10% of because of their defense. Like their defense is not their defense is not good. And I feel like that's been established. I do think that we got a guy in Noah Fafita. Like he's he played very well. But to to like that point, I think that USC's defense is like very mid mid, super middle of the pack. Like um but it was super encouraging. Like I felt like we had some dogs in um, Jonah Coleman. Jonah Coleman was just pounding the rock the whole game. Mm-hmm. O-line played pretty well, honestly, and I feel like the play calling was pretty decent. But looking back on it from an unbiased perspective, I'm like, like USC's defense isn't that good. But I was super impressed. I'm with Beach. It was hyped. He's a, like Noah Fafita is a freshman. Like we have some some freshman wideouts that I think could be solid for the next two three years. Yeah. yeah, I think my biggest thing is obviously the offense, USC's defense, like I said in our last podcast, they're not great. And I knew that. That's why I felt we could upset them. Yeah. But we just went out and held the Heisman Trophy winner in their offense to 28 points like yep. in the regulation. We held them to basically just over half their season average. They're averaging 53 points going into that game. They're averaging over 500 yards. And we held them to 28 points at the end of regulation. And I think they only ended up with like 365 yards. Um, so that's that's basically half their numbers, which I think that's the exciting part is um, our defense has taken a lot of strides. I said at the beginning of the year, if we were just average, that we could have a really good team. Um, and they're showing that they're they're more than average. They're a good defense. Um, so that's been the most exciting part for me. Let's go. Yeah. No, I was super impressed with Coleman. That dude was running. Hard. He was. He was. He was. He's. He's a beast, man. It was awesome to watch. Yeah, um, I mean, it's. It's funny. We're missing our starting backfield in Delora and Wiley, and you really yeah. wouldn't even notice. Yeah. Um, if that was just your first time watching the University of Arizona play a football game, you wouldn't think anything of it. Yeah. Um, that's how good those guys have been playing. Yeah. Well, it's really interesting to see because, like, I've been a like beach. You know, like I've been a. I've been a. I wouldn't say Delora truther, but I've been one of those guys who's like, you know what? Like, I. I think Delora is very talented. Mm-hmm. Um. And there's going to be bad games that come with the good games, right? Yeah. But something I've seen with Fafita is like he's able to accomplish, I think, the height that Delora is able to get without really giving you, you know, those bad decisions, those three interception games. You know, I think he made a really good, really good decisions this game, stepped up in the pocket, uh, got hit a few times and still delivered some some really good balls. So yep. um, it'll be I think Fish has a really interesting decision on his hand. I mean, you guys still have some tough games coming up, right? You got to play Utah. Um, and uh, who else? Next one's at Washington State, which is a place right. we've never played well at. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it'll be cold. It'll probably be <laughs> unfavorable weather like it usually is at this time of year. And, and they've been playing really good ball, too. So uh, that'll be a tough game. And then, obviously, you come back. You still have Oregon State, UCLA, Utah, yeah, um, Colorado, ASU. I mean, you've, you've got some tough teams on that schedule still. But yeah. the way I'm looking at it now is a lot of those tough games are at home now. Um, and the way you've played against Washington and USC, who are the two best teams you're going to play, 
the sky's the limit. I mean, we can beat any team left on our schedule, and we yeah. can also lose uh, any team left on our schedule. And that's that's kind of the beauty of college football because I think it's like that for a lot of other teams as well. But uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to see where this team can go, and then hopefully we can keep building and uh, get to a bowl game. Yeah. I think McMillan, dude, McMillan is awesome. He's going to the league for sure. I think he's going to do well. It's it's crazy because Arizona football, I mean, the last ten years has had like hardly any draft picks, and I think they legitimately have four NFL players on their offense right now. Yeah, Uh, Jordan Morgan and Jonas Avenea on the O line. I mean, those are two potential first round picks on the O line. I can't remember the last time we had a draft pick on the line <laughs> let alone a first round pick so those two guys are playing like studs and then obviously you have mcmillan and cowing on the outside um both of them are, are just really good receivers that i think have a future in the nfl yeah yeah, yeah. Cowing, i remember when uh, you told me that you flipped mcmillan from oregon um just being how, how excited you were and watching it kind of come to fruition has been it's been super awesome to watch yeah shout out noah fafita for that he was the he was the <laughs> linchpin in that getting him first and then he got the rest of uh, what a word. Rest of that recruiting class to really come together. Without him, we don't get uh, we don't get McMillan. Yeah, dude, shout out, shout out, Fafita, feed Fafita. That's all I gotta say. Let's go feed him. <laughs> all right, well, uh, we're gonna jump in here. First off, we got uh, we got the MLB playoffs. Uh, some some interesting games that have been going on here. Exciting stuff. The Rangers are up two zero on the hundred and one win Orioles. Uh, I don't think the Orioles were ever built for October, man. It's just those those starting pitching was not good. Um, And if you can't get to that bullpen, it's just not going to – it's useless, essentially. Their bullpen was what carried them, and their starters can't get them there right now. Um, And the Rangers are looking really good. Obviously, Nathan Ovaldi's pitching well. Jordan Montgomery, uh, that team looks super solid. And um, looking forward to my uh, my prediction of them making the World Series come true. Um, The Twins. Even up the series at one against the Astros, one apiece. Uh, that one, that one's interesting. I still think the Astros are the much better team, but they're able to steal one in Houston. So you never know what could happen going back to Minnesota. Phillies up 1-0 on the Braves. That is a matchup that has me nervous for Atlanta. Phillies pitching and offense is, I mean, their playoff experience. Um, you know, after Strider, uh, Spencer Strider and Max Fried and the the Braves pitching staff, it, it it gets shallow there. I don't know if they have enough to to beat the Phillies if this game goes four or five games. Um, so a little nervous for them. Uh, and then the D-backs just throttling the Dodgers in L.A. in game one, chasing the Kershaw Riddell. after one out, six runs. You'd love to see it. Um, I think, dude, I think Beach, they got as good a shot as anyone right now. In, in taking the Dodgers down. You know, last year it was the same thing with the Padres beating, beating the Dodgers there. Taking one in LA is huge. Um, they have never been a very good playoff performer. Um, their, their pitching is in shambles right now, man. I don't know where it's going to come from. You guys might be able to ride Gallon and Kelly all the way to the, uh, to the NLCS there. That's, just, that's the way it feels right now for sure. I mean, Merrill beating the Dodgers for the first time in his career obviously came on the back of, of a huge offensive night, but I mean, yeah, you've got Gallon going tonight, and the way he's he's looked, I mean, sky's the limit. Um, it'll help, obviously, being able to throw Kelly again in Game Four if it gets there, as well as Gallon in Game Five, so you kind of can backload the the series with them. And um, obviously, we'll see what we get with Brandon Fott in Game Three. He was kind of rough in Milwaukee, but um, he's also been a, a pitcher this year where he's had some really really good outings where his stuff is just electric. So yeah. 
our pitching, if it can hold up, I, I'm really confident because, I mean, Kershaw, he, he looked washed out there. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. He went yeah. out there and he was just he was just throwing up some some meatballs for the Diamondbacks just to crush. I mean, all the balls that were, were hit were hard hit. I mean, exit velo is well over 100. Like, mm-hmm. none, of the, none of the pitches he was throwing were competitive pitches. So it'll be interesting to see what the Dodgers do and how they play tonight. Um, if the Diamondbacks win tonight, though, I mean, I'm almost ready to call it a series. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you never, you always want to be careful with the Dodgers. They're a good team, but um, you're choking again, man. That's what you love to see. Beach, I am once again back, asking if you can explain the series to me in NBA terms. Can you give me, <laughs> can you give me two teams comparisons here? Oh, this is going to be such a bingo. <clears throat> this this Diamondbacks team, and I've seen this on Arizona Sports Twitter a lot. This feels a lot like the 2021 Suns. Mm. It's a young team that have that has come into the playoffs with a lot of guys that have had no playoff experience. You were hopeful with how they were we, they would perform in the playoffs. We thought they would play well, but you weren't certain how they would look. Um, and they've come out and they've dominated. I mean, Corbin Carroll has been a stud, and I thought he would be, but you, mm-hmm. you hadn't seen it in the playoffs, right? Same thing with that's how it felt with Devin Booker in 2021. Like, man, this guy's been balling for all these years, but we haven't seen it in the playoffs. How's he going to look? And then lo and behold, they go into LA, you know, and they, they knock the Lakers out in six. Devin has 47 in game six of that game. Um, and that kind of springboarded them to making the finals. And that's kind of how this Diamondbacks team feels right now. Like, they're going up against the old guard with the Dodgers, right? You've got Kershaw. They've got Betts. They have JD Martinez. Like, they've got. Freddie Freeman, they've got all these big name players. Um, but this is a young team that feels overlooked. They said yesterday they feel like they have a chip on their shoulder that nobody, you know, cares that they're there and that they just want the Dodgers to move on. And they're playing like it. And I think a lot of those similarities were with the Suns in twenty twenty one, where it was just this young team that was was ready to go. Um and, and they're playing really well. So that's kind of the first comparison that I'd give. Um and obviously, I know it connects right back to Arizona sports, but yeah, that's that's my NBA comparison right now. I wish I could be mad at you, but I asked for that. Yeah, you did. It's a great, it's a great bingo. That's awesome. I think I think some of these games though brings in brings in interesting conversation that's kind of been going on around baseball right now. The idea that um, right with with the Orioles down, um, Minnesota playing well, the Dodgers down right now, the Braves down. Even what happened last year with the Dodgers and Braves, um, it's this conversation that higher seeds are getting too much time off after the after the playoffs, um, saying that they're 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 not able to to stay in stride, you know, things like that. Um, and there's a lot of opinions out there on whether that's true or not. I want I kind of want to hear your guys' thoughts. Are is this is the new playoff format for the past couple of years? Is that a detriment to these higher seeds? Um, what are your guys' thoughts there? I don't think it is, in my opinion. I think it's one of those things that does it hurt to not play? Yes. Um, but there's teams that have had that time off and then they've gone on and they've done just fine. Um, I think it truly might just be a case by case basis and then a matchup, a matchup thing as well. Like there's just some teams that match up better with others. And so I don't think it's one thing that you can sit here and say, Oh, it's a disadvantage to not play. Um, kind of like we were talking about yesterday, Joe, like, you always are going to take that rest for your starters and for your players. Cause you know, by the end of the year, you've played 162 games, guys are banged up, guys need some time off. Um, so I don't think that's necessarily the issue. I think it just sometimes 
when you get to this point, all these teams are good. They all have talent that can beat you on any given night, especially mm-hmm. in a game like baseball where, you know, the worst team is still winning, you know, 60, 70 games. Um, I think that's just that you're running into good teams and it's more of a matchup thing, not necessarily just a rest thing. Yeah. Kyle, what do you think? Yeah, I I agree with Beach. I think he put it very nicely, but I just think that this is like the softest thing ever. I think this is literally like the softest thing ever. I cannot imagine complaining about getting more rest and being like, that's why we lost. That's why we lost. It's like, dude, like that is not why you lost. You mm-hmm. you have home field advantage and you're getting more rest and you're crying about it. This is why I hate baseball. So that, <laughs> that that's my two cents. I don't hate I don't hate baseball, but I just think that this just is this is just like another thing that people are going to look at as a variable when I don't really think that it is like, how is more rest going to hurt you? You know what I mean? And it's like, it's not like they're taking a three weeks off. You know what I mean? They're, yeah, they're taking a few more days at, at most. Yeah. So that's my yeah. two cents. I think, I think you guys hit on the nail. I mean, like um, the Astros won the world series last year. They, they got the one seed, you know, it's one of those things like, it's not, it's far from impossible to do it. Um, I do think there is there's an aspect of an underdog coming in, and and the playoffs are a different game for sure. You know, it's mm-hmm. just the way that it's done, and the underdog can come in sometimes and really lean on their superstars and um, and like you said, play with a chip on their shoulder, kind of what Arizona is doing right now. Uh, I think that is a big aspect. Uh, but then, yeah, I think the idea of resting your starters that there's nothing better than that. You know, especially if you um, you have two to three really solid starters, which is really all you need for the playoffs. Get them all ready and line them all up. You know, there's a lot of these teams in the wild cards have to pitch their their two best starters. You know, that wasn't the case for the D-backs. Um, but a lot of them have to pitch their two best starters early on. Like, I mean, the Phillies, they had to pitch uh, Nola um, and Wheeler their first two games, and they, they rolled out Ranger Suarez against the Braves, and he, he shut them out against the best offense in the league. So, yeah. um, I don't and think it's an excuse that, at all. Even for that too, like the Diamondbacks, the only reason they had to or, or could pitch Kelly in game one against the Dodgers is because they had to throw out Brandon Fott in game one against the Brewers. Like yeah. we had to make sure that we could line up our guys just to even get into the playoffs. Yep. Um, and so like, that's the thing is just like, I don't think like the extra week of rest, like, yeah, you can maybe, you know, lose some momentum, whatever you want to say. But at the end of the day, like, you're going to have everybody fresh, you know, and you're going to have guys mm-hmm. healthy. Like that's an advantage. Yeah. Um, and so while it may not always work out, a team may come in with some momentum and they may ride that momentum to a series win. I still think more times than not, you're going to want to be the team that's got the rest. They've got the home field advantage and they want to be, you know, coming off of a week where they could just watch and relax and get their guys ready instead of having to grind it out through a, a wild card series. Yeah. No, hundred percent. I think it just comes down play better. You know, a hundred win team shouldn't be complaining about having to play an eighty four win team on any amount of rest. Um, so play better. Yeah, uh, it feels like people are complaining about. All right, well, that no, was. Uh... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, that's. It's, no, you're good. I was just gonna say uh, that's uh, that's kind of all we got for the MLB playoffs. Excited for uh, for game two of that Dodgers D back series. Um, beat LA. That's what beat we're LA. at. We're at beat LA. Beat man. LA. Also um, excited for the Braves. Shout out Aaron Oler. Yeah, shout out Aaron Nola. Um, let's see it. Let's see if they can come back there. I think they will. My my money's on the Braves in game two. Yeah, 
I think it's a, it's a it's not a bad bet at all. But all right, well, let's move on to our next segment here. Uh, week five, basically in the books. At the point of uh, we're recording this, we still got the Monday night game to go, but uh, we got some we got some fun storylines. Uh, from week five to talk about a lot went on so basically what's going to happen here i'm going to list a storyline kind of a narrative that that i've seen one that i know is popular or i think it's kind of uh, important or worth discussing or debating uh i want to hear you guys' thoughts your opinions we'll talk about them all right hey me cool uh so first things we got the i mean big news but also big storyline the jonathan taylor contract there he signed a what was it a three-year uh 42 million i think it yep. was uh, contract with the Colts. So let's uh, let's talk about that. Let's let's get you guys' thoughts. Um, honestly, the more I think about this, um, I do think that Joe, you said this earlier, but like I think that this is probably the perfect contract for both sides. Like, I I think that for a running back, three years, he's probably got three peak years left. Like, just yeah, just given the the state of the, the position as a whole. Um, and also like 42 million over three years. Yeah. Like you're paying him, like he's one of your better players, but it's not going to like, you're not getting quarterback money or like anything insane. Um, yep. I personally still think that like that game, that Colts and I mean, who do they just play? Who do they just, I can't even remember. Tennessee, but yes. Yeah. The Zach Moss masterclass. Um, I think that that's just like a prime example of why I'm still in the camp of it. You just like shouldn't pay a running back. But like, if you're going to, this feels like a team friendly deal because there's so many guys out there that you can just plug and play for two years and then go get another one in the draft in the sixth round. And he'll be like pretty much comparable. But yeah, I think that this was a good, I think this was good for the Colts if they did want to, to pay him. So that's my thoughts. Beach. I'm going to take the opposite end of the spectrum. I, I feel like the Colts just took Jonathan Taylor for a joyride. Like, why drag this out for the last few months to then just <laughs> sign him to this deal that they could have signed him to two months ago and everyone would have been happy with? Like, why make him go through this, like, whole, oh, I'm going to sit out, I want to be traded, this whole trade request thing? Like, I think this is the biggest frustration that running backs have is, like, even if they get a good contract, they have to do all these ridiculous things just to get there instead of feeling like they could be rewarded up front. So like while the end situation is great and they got to where the ultimate goal was, I think for both sides, like they had to do so much ridiculous stuff to get to that point that it's like, just avoid all that and just offer this, offer this deal in the first place. Like don't drag this out and make this some long drawn out process where both sides are taking shots back and forth at one another. Like, just offer him the contract, give him a good deal for both sides that benefits each other. And then, you know, you don't have to go through all of that. Yeah. I think I feel like I'm, I'm sort of in the middle of that. I, I 100% understand. And I think I, I agree with the idea of like paying running backs is, um, it's tough to do because the shelf life is just, is just so short. Right. Um, but I think what the Colts did here is I, I think, I think they saw Anthony Richardson. I think they saw this team and they're like, this we're we're not bad. Anthony Richardson has flashed. He's super talented. And they're like, we have a 24 year old running back who I think is top three in the NFL. And um, so like, let's keep him on our team for the, for the next three years. Let's see what him and Richardson can cook up. We got Josh Downs, Michael Pittman. This offense looks pretty decent. Um, 
they're three and two right now. People, people thought they were going to be terrible. So, um, I think it's a really good, I do think it's a really good deal for both sides in terms of the Colts don't need to pay him past he's 27 years old, right? The threshold is what, 27, 28 for a running back to be terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they get his peak years um, of an elite running back. So I think it's great for them. Taylor gets paid. Um, and if he, if he stays healthy and performs, he's going to get paid again. Someone's going to take the chance on a, on a, on a Jonathan, 27 year old Jonathan Taylor for sure. Um, so. I, I think it's a really good contract. I'm excited to see him play again. I, I think he is so good. I think that contract also aligns with uh, Richardson's contract as well. Like this yeah. is the time when you pay to keep your talent. Like Richardson's on a rookie deal. He's going to be a very, very cheap quarterback. And so far, he's flashed. Like he could be, you know, something you know pretty special in the NFL. And so this is the time to pay your talent. Keep Jonathan Taylor happy. Keep your receivers happy, and then. You know, see if you can build a roster, you know, around that cheap contract and then make a run in the playoffs. I mean, that's that's the prototypical way to, you know, have a lot of success in the NFL early on. And I mean, the Colts seem like they they got a hit in Anthony Richardson. So now pay your guys. Yeah. And we got Shane Steichen, man. He's the he's the catalyst. I'm telling you, he is elite. (laughs) Yep. Um, all right, moving on. We got Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. Man, that was brutal last night. Was that ended up being 40, 42 to 10 or something against the Niners? There, people thought they were a top NFC team, which they probably still are. But, um, what, what do you do? Talk to me. What, what are the Cowboys supposed to do here? I know what they're supposed to do fire everybody. <laughs> That's what I think they should do. I, I think that, like, the Niners, I feel like the Niners and the Eagles are 1A and 1B, whatever order you want to make it, in the NFC. And the Cowboys use this game as a measuring stick, and they were, like, insanely short. Like, Dak is just not going to get it done, but they're paying him $100 billion per year, so you can't, like, just give up now. So I think probably what they're going to have to do is go lose in the wild card or the divisional again, and then um blow it up in the offseason like i i would literally trade pretty much everybody like i i think that what they what they've done just like hasn't worked and they there's a reason that they haven't won a playoff game since like dial-up internet came out or something (laughs) but like yeah i just i just don't see this formula working and i don't know how many times we have to watch this movie of the cowboys just like getting the same cycle like this is the year we dumb boys beat inferior opponent and then suck against anybody that's actually good and then do the same thing in the offseason. Like Dak's gonna lead the league in picks again and it's just gonna be the same movie last few years. Speech. So my biggest thing is that their defense was supposed to be their calling card this year. And they've given up some some points. I mean forty two points and I get it. Kyle Shanahan, the forty ers are loaded. But, like, you're giving up 42 points. That's not going to win any game. I don't care who it's against, right? So, like, I'm with Kyle. they got to blow this thing up. Like, there's no reason that this should still be happening. And I don't know what year Dak Prescott is in the league. I know it's, I think, what, year two or three of Mike McCarthy. But, like, this just doesn't look like it's going anywhere outside of just some first or second round playoff exits. They just look overmatched, overwhelmed. um, And I don't think Dak can get it done. I think. Just like Kyle said, it's a time to blow it up. Let's yeah. let's reset. Yeah, it's hard 
It's, I mean, you mentioned the defense. I think they're missing Trayvon Diggs more than people yes. will admit. That front awesome. seven is that front seven is elite. That, yep. but the defensive secondary is is not good right now. And Diggs is like actually good. I know there's all the there's all the memes. Diggs is a good player now, um, but I think it's hard because like Dax, Dax. I think his his dead cap next year is like close to sixty million or something like that. Like this is going to be hard to get out of. And then you have the whole Weedon Boys crew to to try to appease you like they're not going to tank they can't do that jerry jones is too prideful for that so this they have some interesting things to decide here soon i don't think it's going to happen but i think they have to do it they're going to get sentenced to death which is just being mid forever like yeah. if jerry jones doesn't let them blow it up yeah perfect coach for the dallas cowboys let's bring back jeff fisher eight come and on eight. now <laughs> that's a kyle eight eight, even though they can't go eight and eight but we're just going to have them go uh Eight and nine or nine and eight every year. They're going to go eight, eight and one. <laughs> good better. Oh, that's good. Um, moving on, we got the New England Patriots. That offense is a disaster. Um, they are they they are just terrible on offense. What what are they supposed to do? Let me. They're the running for like Caleb Williams right now. Here's what I think. Well, what they should do and what they're going to do are two very different things. Like. <laughs> Bill Belichick is not going to lose his job. He will never lose his job. He's going to be there until he decides to not be there. So they're probably going to be just like below average to average until he's gone. If I'm I'm being honest, like his formula doesn't seem like it's working anymore. And it looks like Tom Brady made Bill Belichick. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) It's not real. I hate Tom Brady. Um, But I just don't think that they're going to do anything if i'm them what i think they should do is stick mac jones on the bench or trade him and then just be bad and then come back because you have you honestly have a you well, they have are a bad job. with mac jones that's the thing that's a, i agree i think that they should they should just put this season in the trash can and more or less go, come back i would try to get if, imagine caleb williams being coached by bill belichick that'd be insanity but <laughs> yeah. um yeah i think that that's what they should do just suck and I think they're like honestly like two to three years out. I don't think they're as bad as they seem on paper. I just think that quarterback play is just so insane. Yeah, it's it's a tough situation too being in the AFC. Like you have two teams in your own division. It should have been three this year that yeah. are that are that are solid. Um, two of them being very good. You have obviously the the Ravens, Bengals. Uh, you have the Chiefs. You have some elite quarterback play. Great teams in that conference. Um, they are they are in a rough spot for the foreseeable future. I think. Yeah, I I'm with all you guys. Nothing else to add. Yeah, they're in trouble. All right. Next one, we got the uh, the Ravens. They their wide receivers. I don't know if you guys saw someone's highlights. They dropped like seven balls from Lamar. Yeah. They should have won like thirty five to three. Pittsburgh looks terrible again. Steelers fans, sorry, your team is awful. They're it's Mike Tomlin. Kenny Pickett is bad. Um, Lamar did what he had to do, I think, and it. But he's getting a lot of hate, so I just I need to hear what do you guys think is is the is the hate warranted? I'm a big Lamar fan. I think he's elite. Um, is this on him at all? Beach. I think part of it is just because as the quarterback, you're expected. You, more is expected. More, you know. But at the same time, like there were some brutal drops yesterday. I mean, just opportunities to score, opportunities to extend drives. Like 
that can't keep happening. I mean, it's not the quarterback's fault when he puts a ball in a catchable area and the receiver just can't catch it, right? Yeah. So I think it's one of those things, like, is there things Lamar can possibly do more of? Sure. But at the same time, like, he's got to get some help. And this is an area that Baltimore's been struggling in for years. Yeah. They tried to address it with OBJ. They tried to address, address it with Zay Flowers. But they got to get something else in there, man. Like, Mark Andrews can't be the only reliable target for Lamar to throw to um, if they really want to be serious about trying to win a Super Bowl. Because Lamar is very, very good. I think he is on that level of being in, you know, that discussion of a top five quarterback when he's when he's right. But. Man, his receivers just constantly let him down. Yeah, I I think that anybody that's putting the blame on Lamar for this game is like they probably didn't watch the game. They probably watched it from the fantasy app. Like I think that <laughs> I think that Lamar was making great plays and obviously we all know like one or two plays can change the entire narrative. Right? Like one or two plays can change the entire outcome of a game. Um and there was legitimately no exaggeration, like six probably like probably six dropped passes that like yeah. could have been chunk plays or touchdowns. And like I think if two of those convert, we're having a completely different conversation right now. So I I think that Lamar needs help. I think that they should have gone after D Hop. I think that um like where they're at right now, there really is no reliable target besides Mark Andrews and Zay Flowers and Rashad Bateman sucks, unfortunately. And there's nobody else really that he can throw to. Like so that and JK Dobbins being out is mm-hmm. I think a big piece of why they're struggling offensively. But yeah, I'm with you, Joe. Like the Steelers suck, but any given Sunday. Yeah. No hundred percent. It was just a brutal watch seeing some of those like being on Twitter and seeing some of our X, I'm sorry. Um <laughs> and seeing some of the uh some of those drops, you know, I mean, th- there was a beautiful deep ball that Zay Flowers would have just, he would have been right in the red basket and he just fell. <laughs> like, you just can't do that, man. It's Mark Andrews had some drops. Bateman, I think, dropped like two touchdowns. Yep. Um, I, I'm, I'm on, I've been on the Lamar train. I will continue to be on the Lamar train. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you know, saying a guy needs help, it's like, well, how much help does a guy need? I'm like, it's less about he needs help. He's just his receivers need to execute because he's doing his job. So, um, anything else there? They need Puka. <laughs> Did you hear LeBron named him Puka Doncic? I've never been angrier at anything in my life. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> uh, all right, moving on. This little sting a little bit beach. Uh, the Bengals are back? Question mark. What do we think? No, period. go ahead beach i think the biggest thing is is joe burrow looked healthy yesterday so while i don't think they're necessarily back in terms of like they're back to when they were in the super bowl against the rams i think joe burrow is healthy and that's that's all they need like he actually looked um like his former self he was moving around yesterday still not fully capable of really getting out of the pocket and extending plays with his legs yet but yeah I mean, he he looked as good as he's looked all season. And so I get it. The Cardinals defense isn't anything special, but he looked healthy. And that's that's all you can really ask for, because he hadn't looked like that at all in the first four weeks. Yeah. To add on, I think that the Bengals offense the last two years has pretty much been predicated on, like, give Joe enough time to take a shot to either T. Higgins or Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. And it's worked for them. But now that he doesn't really have the ability to extend plays, like, He's doing a lot of like 
seven to twelve yard, more or less checkdowns. Yeah. Um, I wasn't really convinced. Obviously, like it was sick to see him healthier. But no offense, Beach, like it's the Cardinals, you know. Like, yeah. And on top of that, like I think where I'm at is like maybe because they have the Seahawks mm-hmm. next week. They have a bye week. Then they have the Niners and the Bills. Like, yeah. It's gonna get really tough for them really quick. And so it pretty much just I think their fate lies in Joe Burrow's calf. And <laughs> like it's gonna be within the next two weeks that we find out if it's like if they're back or if they're cooked. And I still think that like I'm still leaning more towards cooked. Can't lie. Yeah. It'll be interesting. I am fascinated to see. I yeah, Burrow looked more healthy for sure. Um, but yeah, he just was – he still – they still sacked him several times. Like, the, the Cardinals were able to get a lot of pressure. Um, and I feel like the they were very competitive. What, through the midway through the third quarter, the game really turned the tide. Uh, I think the tide was turned when Jamar Chase had that, like, 70-yard bomb. You know, there's, like – there's, again, a couple plays, changed the outcome of the game. But um, I'm not convinced yet that he's fully healthy and can and can really carry. But um, it it's interesting for sure. Maybe is a good answer. Uh, moving on next, Philadelphia five and L. Are they for real? Beach, you want to go so I can gather myself? <laughs> I think they're for real. I they haven't looked great, but at the same time, five and O is five and O, and and that says something to me. Like it, it is tough to be five and O no matter how you look doing it. And truthfully, I still think they've got a lot of talent. I think Jalen Hurts. Even though Joe calls him a system quarterback, I think he's got a ton of talent and he's got a lot of weapons that he can he can utilize. So they haven't looked great, but I, I still think they're for real, especially in the NFC. I mean, like we talked about it, it's like the 49ers and the Eagles. I mean, those are the two best teams. Outside of that, you've got what? The Cowboys, who we just saw get obliterated last night. I mean, the NFC's a joke. They're gonna they're gonna be fine. I think they'll end up in the NFC championship again against the 49ers. Yeah, um, I'm going to agree with Beach. I think that the Eagles are, I think that they might be my favorite to win the Super Bowl, honestly. Like, I just, that's that's my take now. But I just don't see a team putting it together for four quarters to beat them. They have too many weapons on offense now, and Jalen Hurts has a weapon, like, in, in himself. Like, I, I know that he gets, like, hate for being, like, in the system that he's in, but, like, I just don't like you'd be hard pressed to find a better system for like suited for their quarterback than what the Eagles have there. And I just like it was the Rams probably played like the best football that they could have in that first half of their game and they finished that half down three. Like and the Rams aren't good. Like they're they're probably an average to above average team, if I'm looking at myself and being honest with myself, which is hard. But um like, yeah, I just don't see anybody beating the Eagles for four quarters besides maybe the Niners. So um, that's what I think. I think they're legit. I think Jalen Hurts is that guy, and I think he's going to do whatever it takes to win that win a football game. Yeah, that's fair. I I have my reservations for sure. Um, Joe, go off. Tell me. Dude, I, I think – so I'll, I'll start with, with a few things. Um, their front seven is – is the best in football. That's, you know, that is, that's their calling card on defense, right? But their secondary is not good. They, they can't stop 
what feels like anybody receivers i think are wide open um it is masked by by the pressure that they're able to get um but that's if you're once you're able to face a quarterback who can get outside the pocket well uh, move around um they it's 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 not going to look great. I mean, we even saw like like Sam Howell is not very good, right? But he cooked through the air against them because he was able to move around. He's more mobile than your Matt Stafford's and your Baker Mayfield's, Kirk Cousins, things like that. The other quarterbacks that they faced, and that's that makes me nervous when you face a top a top quarterback, you know, or a top team, things like that. Um, I will say I think they're they are the second best team in the NFC. I think in part because the NFC is just so bad, um, up and down, but. Um, yeah, I do think to me, Tua, Tua Tagovailoa and Jalen Hurts run in the same vein to where they are good NFL quarterbacks. They are very good. Um, they work within a system, but you take them outside of that and they, they won't win you a game. Right. So I think if you're in, in my opinion, you can shut down, you can be out schemed. You can shut down a system, but you can never out superhero, a superhero quarterback. In my opinion, the only, they can beat themselves. So that's, a, that's the way that I see Hurts in, in my issues with that offense is I think they can be out-schemed. I think they're missing Shane Steichen. I think they're missing Jonathan Gannon overall. I have not been impressed this season by them. Um, last se- last week was the best that they've looked, in my opinion, and even then I wasn't super impressed. Um, so all that to say, they are a very good team. They will probably make the NFC Championship. I don't think they're a true Super Bowl contender, though. I think there are a few teams above them that have things that can mask their weaknesses. And I think the Eagles do not have something that can ultimately mask their weakness um, going against other top teams. That's a hot take. Plus they do so, have the, the most intense schedule of anybody. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to roll through this right now. So next week they play the Jets. Oh. Win or loss. Oh. W, Miami. Cool. Tough. TBD. I don't know. I think they win that game. Yeah, I think Washington. they do too. Yeah, uh, Washington win. Versus Dallas. I think they win that game. Okay. At Kansas City. I think lose they that lose. Game. Yeah. Versus Buffalo. I think they lose. Versus San Francisco. I think they lose. Again, then they, they then they go at Dallas, at Seattle. I think they win both of those. Yep. Interesting. You see, I think they could probably lose two division games. Those NFC East division games get pretty gnarly. I can see them losing one to Dallas and potentially one to Washington. Um and if they lose three or three or four of those really hard games, there you're looking at it eleven and six at best. Yeah, you know. So I just, and I think that's indicative of again them being a good team, but not the upper echelon Super Bowl contenders. That's how I see it. That's fair. So, uh, but I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. I will say, Hertz impressed me a lot last year. I think I do think he's a good NFL quarterback, um, but he's just not. He's not in the superhero category. Uh, we got a couple more here for you though. Uh, next moving on Zach Wilson. He looks good. Question mark. Talk to me. What against the chiefs and the Broncos, one good defense, one bad defense. What are, what are we seeing here? Beach go off. I just saw you roll your eyes. Go off. (laughs) He had, he's had two good games, but I'm not convinced he's good. I still think he sucks. I think (laughs) this is just the case of, a blind squirrel finds a nut every like every once in a while. Like this is just all this is. Like he's gonna have some moments. John Skelton had some moments. Like okay, bingo, <laughs> bingo. Oh my gosh, dude, that's bingo like, for sure. Let's let's just get off of this. Like I don't think he's a good NFL quarterback. I think the Jets still suck. Yes, he's had some nice moments, but a lot of people in the NFL have had some nice moments. So 
I'm not there sitting there to say that he's good. Yes, he's had some nice games, but we need to see a lot more body of work before I am ready to move my my flagpole from the he is bad camp. I'm with Beach. Unfortunately, I hate to agree with everybody that's calling him a trash can, but like, <laughs> dude, he is he's just like not good. Like his two best games of the year, he's thrown for like 200 yards. You know what I mean? Like he's just he's not good. Yeah. And it's painful because they have all the weapons around him. Like he has really no excuse to be like bad. You know what I mean? Besides himself, I will say like it's been cool to hear him become like more mature in post game interviews and like you know take ownership when things go wrong. Yeah. But like the reality of the Jets is that they better hope that Aaron Rodgers' voodoo mushrooms that he took <laughs> that he seen that do on his Achilles. That his experimental silent treatment or whatever yeah. he's doing—he's he's doing some weird—he's doing some weird things with that man. It, he's an interesting guy. <laughs> yeah, they just gotta—they gotta hope to just stay afloat until he comes back. And yeah, I think they're—they're they're cooked without him. Is—is is there the world where Zach Wilson has actually improved to the point to where he can manage a game, be effective? He—I think—I think it's a foregone conclusion that he will not be a great quarterback. But this is the world where he can distribute the ball well enough to where they can let Brees play well and let that defense control games to where they can squeak in to the playoffs with Zach with a 9-8, and 10-7 record. I think yes for the Seattle Sea Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he, can, uh, he can do that in the CFL for sure. Yeah. Uh, there there's no way that I am saying the Jets are making the playoffs as of right now. Just just not a chance. Yeah. I think I'd agree with you guys. Um You better yeah. agree with us, otherwise you're getting kicked off the podcast. <laughs> no, I'd agree. I think I mean the Eagles are next, man. We'll we'll see what he's made of. We'll see what he's made of. I think we if oh, he gosh. plays well again, we'll have an interesting conversation. But no, I, we won't. I don't think he's good. That's 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 just what I'll say. Uh, lastly, last one here. The 49ers are the overwhelming Super Bowl favorites. There is them, huge gap, a couple teams, and then everybody else. That's what people are saying. Uh, I hate the Niners, but like, it's just hard to argue. Honestly, like, I just don't see a weakness that they have. Like, literally, I don't see weak. Maybe they're like, maybe they're secondary. Like, if I had a point at one area, but like, Brock Purdy has proven to not be a weakness. Obviously, they have one of the better running attacks, if not the best running attacks in the game, surrounded by all of these weapons to pass to. And then their D-line and linebacker play is insane. Like, so like if I had to pick a weakness, which I still don't think is a weakness, it's their <laughs> secondary. And I just hate that they're this good because I hate them so much and I want them to be bad, but they're so good. So mm-hmm. Beach, what do you think? NFC West. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think my my one concern with them is just how is Brock Purdy going to perform when the lights are the brightest in the playoffs? I mean, obviously he played in them last year and he looked good, um, but then he got hurt in the NFC Championship against the Eagles. Um, so when when push comes to shove, how is he going to look? Is he going to rise and and be the quarterback the 49ers need to be when they need him to make a big time throw down the field? Um, or is he just going to kind of shrink back and just be more of that Jimmy G style of quarterback? Um, that's my biggest question as of right now, but truthfully, just kind of like we talked with the Diamondbacks earlier, uh, with the young guys going to the playoffs, like I'm not worried about it. I think he'll be just fine. Um, 
And if the 49ers control everything else in a game like they usually do, they're just incredibly hard to beat. So I'm not worried about it. Yeah. I, I don't think they have any weaknesses. They're my clear-cut Super Bowl favorite. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I mean, that th- this is like the best defense I have ever seen. Like it's up there with like the 2012 Ravens, you know, like those wow. those teams that we have watched. Um, obviously, we weren't around for the 85 Bears. But like those teams that we've been able to see, those top defenses, this is this is up there. Like they are insane. Um, their weapons are unbelievable. Trent Williams having having one of the best athletes in the league on the offensive line is wild. Um, yeah, I think in terms of weaknesses, yeah, like they they don't have much. Like I think one could be like overusing Christian McCaffrey, but then they just have Jordan Mason, who apparently is good. Can, can work in the system, you know, um, Mitchell, when he's healthy, he's a good running back. Um, I, I am, I have been a adamant Brock Purdy hater in terms of, I don't think he's a top 10 quarterback, but ultimately like, no, he has worked that system to perfection. He's effective in it. He understands it well. Um, I think a lot of the throws he makes aren't, aren't great throws, but ultimately it works. So I can't knock it, you know, I have, um, I have such a good question for both of you. It's crazy. Um, yeah. Does Zach Wilson succeed with the Niners? Yes or no? Oh man, no, absolutely not. Hope he hates Zach Wilson so much. He's. I just. I think he's bad. Yeah, that's a good one. I think Brock Purdy is ten times better than Zach Wilson has shown to be in the NFL. Ten yeah, times is crazy, but is what it? Gonna say he has about ten times more of the wins. That's fair. Well, wins yeah, aren't a quarterback good. stat. I don't care. I'm throwing that out there. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say probably not, but I. I mean, yeah, I'm gonna say probably not. You guys um, are my, my way reasoning. overreacting to two good. Let Zach me. Wilson. Let me look, t- I didn't even say look, anything yet. Look, look, okay, I'm gonna you. say Joe is way say, overreacting. <laughs> no, I think Zach Wilson is bad, but here's my reasoning. No, he's it's because Jim, like Jimmy G. Jimmy G. Succeeded in that system, and I've seen Jimmy G. Play outside of the system now, and he's been a good quarterback. He hasn't been great, but he's been serviceable. And Zach Wilson has not been at all serviceable. So, like, that's my reasoning of like I don't think that Zach Wilson can execute the Niners offense as well as Jimmy G can because he's a bad quarterback and pro- and Purdy takes it to a to a different level because of the way he understands it. And I think he's willing to give his guys a shot, something Garoppolo wasn't willing to do. So Beach, probably not as my answer. But I think that scheme that's is one too insane. many probablys. I just, me, <laughs> that's where I'm at. Let me cook Beach. No, he would not succeed to answer my own question. Like I think that I think that Brock Purdy is constantly like under recognized because of the his draft position. Like I think that he's played well. Like he's I pretty good. He, okay. Shut up. <laughs> um yeah he's pretty good. I do think that he's actually quite good. Like he has pretty much statistically been on par with Patrick Mahomes this year. Like you can't do that unless you are not not bad. So yeah, what I think that's fair. I can't get behind it. I see him make we'll those I'm just like I'm just not I don't love it, but like I said, that I think that he understands the scheme and executes it to perfection, and I can't knock that at all. So you're a hater, dude. <laughs> I am a hater, and I will I will be one. So I think you know what's something I was thinking about the other day is it'll be interesting when Purdy's up for a contract, um, how much the Niners are willing to pay him if they pay him, and if he doesn't get paid, where does he go and does he succeed? I think that's what could convince me. The New England Patriots. <laughs> that's right up his alley yep. right up Belichick's alley that for sounds sure. about right 
Uh, all right. Well, that is our NFL storylines. You, you fellas got anything else on that? Go Rams. <laughs> all right. Um, next, we got some overreactions for you guys. We, uh, I have one that I know will rile some feathers. One that I do believe in, though. Um, one that you guys got to let me explain. But I do think it's, it's accurate. Um, I think that the gap between Caleb Williams and Drake May is not very large. Um, I think it, it's what? both should be in genuine consideration for the number one overall pick. I think that they are both elite NFL talents. Um, and here's a discrepancy, all right? Caleb Williams, I think, makes is a better quarterback in the in the college sense, right? Of that he both of them are superior athletes, right? They can they can both create things like that. Caleb Williams does more, I think, because he is somewhat of a better athlete um, than Drake May, and he which which puts him above every other college player, just because the the distance between NFL talent and college talent is so is so wide. But when you look at the NFL, Drake May has is potentially or maybe even a stronger arm or just as strong of an arm as Caleb Williams. He can move around the pocket just, just as much as Caleb Williams can. He has better size, right? Um, and he's an incredibly mobile quarterback, right? So when you're looking at the, the way that the NFL sees quarterbacks and the way that the NFL quarterback succeeds, both of them will be incredibly successful and should be in the running for the number one, for the number one pick. I would like to go on record saying I wholeheartedly disagree with you. And I, think I also that, wholeheartedly disagree. <laughs> I think that Drake May is good, but I feel like just to give him a, a comp to a fellow UNC alumnus, I think he's this oh, is wow. Mitch Trubisky sin, syndrome. I think that All right. I think that he's I think that he's a good I would say even maybe great college quarterback, but I just don't think that like the what the intangibles that Caleb Williams has, like there's nobody else that I would take first overall if I am looking for a quarterback and I have number one. While I do think that Drake May is good, I just think that there's like a hundred other quarterbacks that do what he does. Interesting. See, here's here's how I see it, right? So it's I would take Williams number one. I will put that on record. I would take him. But I think it's like if I'm looking at the NFL, right? The the quarterback comps are Caleb Williams has a Patrick Mahomes comp and uh, Drake May has a Justin Herbert comp. That's what everybody does. Take those so two. So that's why you like him. No, listen. <laughs> um, listen. Everybody knows you're going to take Patrick Mahomes over Justin Herbert. But realistically, in the NFL, is the gap between those two as large as as people as people uh, as every casual would think? No, well, it's at least two Super Bowls large. Okay, whatever. Um, it's not that they are both extremely talented quarterbacks that anybody would be happy to start a franchise with. And that's what I see is like Caleb Williams, you're going to take him, but the gap is not very large. And if you're starting a team, you're like Patrick Mahomes is one, but I think you have to glance towards Turch Herbert's way. And I think it's the same thing with May and Williams. Who? Okay. <laughs> Khalil Herbert. Yeah. Did you say George Herbert? No, Justin, you did not say Justin, whatever dude. All right. Run the, run All it back. Right. Um, Beach, do you have one or can I get, can I get mine off? You can get yours off. All right. Here is mine. I think that right now in the AFC, it's Chiefs, Bills, and then FC Jacksonville. I think that they wow. are 
Okay. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. I think that they, on paper, have one of the better rosters in the AFC. And on top of that, I just think that they, with good quarterback play and with their defense, like they could be in any game. So I think that they're my sleeper pick to make an AFC championship. That, that's my hot take. FC Jacksonville, London's finest. <laughs> wow. I think that's an overreaction to the game for sure, but I don't necessarily think you're wrong. I don't think you're right, but I don't think you're who, wrong. Either. Who would take that third slot in your guys' opinion? If because um, I think the Bengals, are out. like I think it yeah, would Bengals are out. It would be the it would be the Bengals, but I just don't think it's them anymore. I still think it can be the Bengals. Yeah, I think it, it's it's less of like a third slot, more of like a tiered system to me, where it's just like you got this jumbled amount of teams that are like, they could make a run if they have the talent, but so could the other team next to them. There. Well, I'm picking Jacksonville. That's who I think it is. I think they're at least going to... FC Jacksonville. That's, yeah. that's their new name, FC Jacksonville. There we go. Beach? So my overreaction, we're going to go back to college football, and can't believe I'm saying this because this came at the expense of ASU, who I absolutely hate. What <laughs> are you going to do right now? <laughs> I am so tired of Deion Sanders and Shador Sanders and the stuff that is just being thrown down our throats by the national media. I am sick of it. I don't know if you guys saw the video of, of Sanders, <laughs> of Shador Sanders going to the ASU student section and flashing his watch after they just beat ASU. But it's just like, dude... You played a 1-5 ASU team that is horrible. They lost their quarterback. They're down to, I think, Trenton Borget, who is going to be their third-string quarterback going into the year. Like, this team is bad. Everyone knows they're bad. And yet, you barely escape with a win. You win by three points, and you're acting like you just won the national title. And I know that sounds like an old guy get off my lawn type of take. <laughs> that is exactly what kind of I was going to say. <laughs> yep, 100%. But here's the thing. I get it if you win like a big game against, you know, whoever. Like, just you beat one in five ASU. That's not impressive. Like, I'm sorry. It's just not. Like, if you would have done that against TCU week one, fine. He does that against Nebraska, who's an old time Big 12 rival, fine. Dude, it's ASU. They're one in five. They're irrelevant. Like, you need to start acting like you've been there before because you're going to start playing teams that. <laughs> are better than you and are going to beat you. Like, I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. We saw what Oregon did to them and we saw how they treated them because they were so fed up of all the trash talk and all the crap that was coming their way. And they played like it. Like, I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm just tired of it. Colorado is acting like a way better team than they actually are. And they're not very good. They're a good team, but they're not a great team. Like everyone's making them out to be. Spoken like a true defensive lineman coach right there. Yes. Act like you've been there before. Come on, Beach. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I honestly, I honestly thought that you would love that because he was making it. He's making the the ASU student section look at him. But you know, I'm I'm kind of with you. I don't I don't feel as strongly as you do, but I do think that they're overrated. But I just don't think that it's their fault. You know, so yeah. I'm, and I'm with I, you though. I think my biggest gripe just comes from the media just constantly pushing them. It's yep. like if Deion Sanders wasn't there, this Colorado team would not be talked about, even if they had all the same players. Like yeah. the only reason people are talking about Colorado is because he's there. 
right? Yeah. And so that's just the biggest frustration is the the national media is just ignoring other good college football stories. They're ignoring way better teams like, like Arizona just because it's Deion Sanders. Yeah. And I get it. Deion Sanders is a big name and he drives a lot of attention, but I don't know. I'm I'm just kind yeah. of over it. I think that's fair. I thought it was fun, but that's like being removed from the situation a little bit. But I totally agree. I, I understand where you're coming from. I say let like the if, kids play. <laughs> if you went out there and they won by 40, do it. Like if you go out there and you play a great game and you dominate, all fine by me. But yeah. you won because you guys made a last second field goal. Like it's not that impressive. I'm sorry. Yeah. All right. Well, those are some good ones, fellas. We uh, got some takes, overreactions for sure. I love those. Uh, we're we're almost done here, but before we close up, I have some crazy stats for you guys. I also I have things a crazy that are going to be. Oh, okay, let's hear yours first. Oh, no. So yesterday, the Suns played in a preseason game. First time. <laughs> okay, in the bingo. <laughs> the beach sat down and watched a preseason game. Was so excited to I, do it. on a Sunday. There was NFL football a... on. <laughs> I yes, I no shame either. Um, oh my god! Anyways, the Phoenix Suns scored forty six points in the first quarter, playing largely the lineup they're going to play this year, and they went seventeen of twenty from the field. They went four or five from three, and four or five from the free throw line. Kevin Durant had ten points, Devin Booker had nine, and Bradley Beal had seven. If that's how they're going to look during the season, I this podcast is going to be derailed a ton. <laughs> because that was incredible to watch. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, gosh. Oh, all right. That's well, that's for sure. Bingo. I love 100%. to see it. Uh, I'm just going to roll through these because these are fun. Uh, the Texas Rangers outscored the Dallas Cowboys this week. Woo! More 11, 11 runs to 10 points. They're that's cooked. hilarious. That's wild. Uh, Carlos Correa of the Twins is now third all time in MLB RBI with 64 in the playoffs. Um, moving ahead of. Playoff legends Derek Jeter and David Ortiz. Um, third all time. That's wild. Just shows how long the Astros have been good. And this next one is crazy to me. Devon Aham is now second in the NFL with 460 rushing yards. He's got like 50 fewer carries than the guys around him. He's on pace for 1,564 yards and 17 touchdowns on 129 attempts. That's 12.1 per carry right now. Gross. Right? That's insane um it just makes me think that Tavon austin was in the league too early bingo i'm i agree <laughs> and i can't wait to show my children Tavon austin highlights one day best highlight reel of all time that is, is awesome it's not true it's not even close nope it's not but that is an insane stat to me that a chain like he would not do this with any other team <laughs> he went to the only team that could possibly use him in this way it's wild it's insane. Boy. All right, fellas, you guys got anything else? Um, the Rams are going to win their next seven games. Beach. Oh. <laughs> Beat LA. Big game two tonight. Beat LA, indeed. Be- Beat LA. All right, well, that's going to be it for today, everyone. Hope you enjoyed. Uh, for more from myself, from Beach, from Kyle, find us at, sh- at so- uh, yeah, on socials at That's Bingo Pod. Thanks for listening, and uh, have a great day. Love you, bye.